Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, Kyla, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. In your name, Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for that. Each day your mercy is renewed, God, and that you keep us in the palm of your hand, God, and that we, you keep everything we commit to you, God. Lord, we just thank you for this afternoon, God, and our morning, and for allowing us to gather together, God. And we thank you that you know the plan, God, and that you're in control, and victory belongs to you. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. 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 Well, welcome, everybody. Well, and welcome back to our study of Corinthians. We are officially in chapter 16. <laughs> so, so with that, can I get a volunteer to read the first 12 verses, please? I will. All right, Layla. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. And when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. But if it is fitting that I go also, they will go with me. Now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I am passing through Macedonia. And it may be that I will remain or even spend the winter with you, that you may send me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay a while with you if the Lord permits. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. And if Timothy comes, see that he may be with you without fear, for he does the work of the Lord, as I also do. Therefore let no one despise him, but send him on his journey in peace that he may come to me, for I am waiting for him with the brethren." Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urge him to come to you with the brethren, but he was quite unwilling to come at this time. However, he will come when he has convenient time. Mm-hmm. All right, so does anyone have any questions or, most importantly, is the Holy Spirit leading anyone to share anything that we can all learn and grow together? And if yes. they are, who would like who would like to begin? I will, yes. All right, LaCharles. Okay, I found verse 2. And how he was saying to lay aside money for uh, collections for the people and the church. And how I think Paul is saying here is not saying that you have to give it every Sunday. But he's saying that as the Lord gives you unction to give, give. So that way... When there's something that needs to be done, you don't feel squeezed to have to pay up to be able to do that. And just remind me of when we were reading the Kenneth Hagin book and how he Kenneth Hagin they need a uh, new furnace like thingy to heat up the church and how everybody was giving money before that and they didn't have to ask anybody for money. They just had it already there inside the funds. And how Paul is saying to he's not 
he's saying to give it as the Lord tells you. He's not saying that you should do this every week and that's all you can do and that's what he's looking for. But he's saying that if you give now, you'll be able to receive and you want to give later. Like mommy dad says, if you do some, if you do the work now, you don't have to come back and do the work later when it's more pressing and you have to, or you want to go do something else. You don't have to come in and try to, oh man, I have to quickly do this. Okay, so you're saying they'll be able to give with more grace? Yes. If they lay it aside, so say that maybe God put something on their heart or they purpose that they wanted to participate at a certain level. And so in wisdom, taking away the opportunity of the flesh or fear or doubt or any of those things to interfere with the giving and make it anything less than gracious, willing, and loving, then lay it aside when there's no pressure. And then they're able to give their gift freely later on. Is that yes. what you're saying? Oh, okay. okay. I enjoy your example of uh, relating it to work, sir. But it's true, right? Uh, and we do tell you that, hey, if you put the work in now, then you, it doesn't cost you later. And later, what typically happens? There's a struggle, right? There's a challenge. Yes, yes. And why? Because I want to go do something else. Because you have already allotted that time or whatever it is for something else that you want to do, which isn't bad in and of itself, right? But the first thing's first, right? Something else was still required. And yes, there is the saying, if you wait till the last minute, it only takes a minute, right? But then you have to weigh that or balance that out with what the, the word says, right? Of working in excellence unto the Lord. Do all things in excellence is unto the Lord, right? So then is it being done in excellence? No. no. Okay. It's a rush job, just trying to get it done to check the box. And is the Lord really glorified in that? No. no. Okay. What kind of a witness does that serve for those that are watching us? All right. We have so many, such a cloud of witnesses watching us in our every move and action and the words that we're saying. So is what we're doing actually glorifying the Lord and showing Christ to others in and through us? So that's a, a question that you'll have to answer for yourself, right? But yes. it comes down to our heart and our heart towards the Lord. And whether it's in giving or whether it's in, you know, whatever the Lord is, is asking you to do, right? There is the, uh, I'll say it begins with our heart towards Him. And if our heart is towards Him and our desire is to be pleasing to Him and to make Him happy, right, with us, then we will be listening to what he is instructing and leading us to do. If that's not our heart, then we won't hear or we'll dismiss what's being said, right? Yes. But then what does that make that? Disobedience. <laughs> it makes it sin, which is disobedience, exactly. Yeah, but you know, as we're looking at this example, it may not be that somebody is just going, no, God, I don't want to give or no, God, I don't want to do that. But we have a flesh which without um proper governing well yeah proper governing but sometimes we have to make opportunities for ourselves to Absolutely. do what's right we have to like set the pathway for ourselves to do what's right because there are so many times where it could be lord i i meant to do well i really was trying to do well mm -hmm. but this happened and then this happened and this happened mm -hmm. and I missed my opportunity. I missed my chance. So what, what he's saying here is let's be, <clears throat> excuse me, 
your heart is willing and let's give every opportunity so that way we can actually carry out the good that's in our heart. Um, It's one thing to desire to do something and it's another additional thing to carry it out. And you you may have compassion towards, um, I think at this time they're giving to the poor or something of, of that nature. You may have a desire to do it, but without proper preparation, the opportunity may pass you by. Because, you know, maybe maybe you're like, oh, I wanted to give $500. Well, maybe your paycheck is just $500 or, you know. So trying to take that at one fell swoop and give that $500 will create a sense of fear. And, ooh, now can I, you know, an opportunity for our flesh to draw back and, and miss carrying it out when, okay, $25 a week or, you know, $50 is a whole lot easier and God is a good God. Mm-hmm. He's not just concerned about one believer at the expense of another going, well, I don't care about you. You just, you know what I mean? God, he's able to take care of all things. If he takes care of the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, how much more so does he care for us and take care of all of his children? You know, he's not mm-hmm. just, I can only focus on one child at a time. He wants to take care of everything. So he also understands how to help us do the good that he's predestined for us to walk in. He's predestined good works for us to walk in and he gives us the pathway to do it. So just saying, you, you know, take that into account. Your heart may be willing, but opportunity may pass you by if you don't make purposeful plans for it now. And that's okay. I see it similar to you, Commission. I think there's just a pattern for financial success here. Mm -hmm. There is also that. Yes. So, um, uh, bear with me a minute. I'll make an example. So if, um, if there is no policy, for a nation when it comes to negotiating with terrorists and um, a plane is hijacked and a family member, one of your family members is on that plane, you're going to advocate for negotiating with the hostages, correct? Because you, you've, yes. you, you've got somebody that you care about that's on that plane, right? And you're emotionally wrapped up in the moment because all you can think about is sparing the life of your loved one, Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. But is it ever really a good policy to negotiate with a terrorist? Absolutely no. not. Because they'll continue to do it and you'll continue to lose people. Mm-hmm. Right. So the time to set the policy to do that is before somebody's been mm-hmm. held hostage. Amen. When we think about our money, to manage our money properly, the decision has to be made before we have to have the expenditure. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, a, as, a, uh, as a contractor going into people's homes and saying, hey, your water heater has to be replaced. Hey, your furnace has to be replaced. Hey, your roof has to be replaced, whatever it may be. They're always like, oh, my gosh, we don't have the money. And I look in their house and I go, gosh, I see two 70-inch TVs. Uh, you've got the full cable package with all the sports and all the other stuff you're, pay- you're paying several hundred dollars a month for. Mm-hmm. And I know the average consumer, and it's easy data to find out. It takes about $2,000 a year as a maintenance budget for your home that you should be setting aside $166 a week. I mean, $166 a month for mm-hmm. since you always have the money that you need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you don't manage the discipline of making that decision in advance mm-hmm. and then just setting it up automatically so that it happens, so it's going into a reserve account. Mm-hmm. So when something fails in the house, the money's there. Yes. Now you're borrowing money if you don't do that. You become a slave to the lender, mm-hmm. and you're not prepared. So similar yeah. to what you said, if you purpose in your heart to set aside a certain amount of your money, which I believe a minimum of 10%, mm-hmm. right? At least it's there for your tithe. Maybe there's another part for gifts and offerings, whatever it is you put, and just set it aside. So mm-hmm. when the need comes up, it's amazing everything is there. You don't have to worry about making the decision, what do I have to give up now? Mm-hmm. You manage your life around your decisions before you need to make them. 
when you have a clear head, when you're not emotionally involved, when you're listening to the Holy Spirit clearly Mm -hmm. as to what it is He wants you to do, and then you just follow through with the discipline Mm -hmm. on those decisions that you've made with the Holy Spirit's guidance. Absolutely. And that that example actually brings up both things that we were saying of, uh, well, you could call it budgeting, right? That's, That's what it comes down to, right? But even in budgeting, right, that's being a good steward with the resources that the Lord has given us, right? Whether it's gifts, whether it's money, whether whatever the situation and um, item or items are, right? As being a good steward of those things. And also, as the in the example you gave, Dean, those resources are already allocated for other things and how much building up was happening as a result. And I'm not saying that TVs can't help build things up and right that's not what I'm saying at all right but the resources were already allocated and then when something an emergency came up there was an issue right now the resources were already allocated they were already spent so it created a a struggle within the individual what do I give up what do I have to do now right as opposed to if we're just being good stewards with our resources as the Lord has purposed and and is leading us to do and, and instructed us or commanded us to do there is the other aspect of we'll be in a, a much better place that when a need arises, whether it's in our own life or in the life of someone else and the Lord is leading us, hey, take care of this or do something that we can be blessed and, and we can ble- be a blessing to others. And and uh, you can say it's it's out of our excess, right? But he's just the ability to have excess in the first place, right? Um, hmm. Is a gift of the Lord, right? Because he gives an abundance, so, <laughs> and as I bring up the excess, because, you know, that was one of the, the things that Jesus brought up with the, well, you can call it tithing or whatever the case is, right? For the woman, uh, that gave the two mites. The widow. Yes, the widow. Saying, mm-hmm. Thank you. They gave the two mites. The Lord said, all these gave out of their excess, their abundance, but she gave all she had. Or, but, but even in that, you can still see the heart. And the heart was just to be obedient to the Lord. So... You know, however she was being led, or and or felt in her heart and her and in her her mind, she was obedient to that. Where, you know, how are, uh, we have to reflect on ourselves and examine ourselves. Why are we doing the things that we're doing? Right? Is it to, as you see on on much of entertainment and right? It's look at me and look at the life I have. I'm not saying we can't have nice things, right? I, I'm, that's not what I'm saying at all, but. At what cost? Because if anyone that, that's ever looked at, whether it's athletes or musicians, many of them after that that time period is over, right? They can no longer be an athlete or the music is less popular, whatever the case is, you find that they still try to live that life and many, unfortunately, end up going broke or bankrupt. And so, again, why are we doing it? Is it to give the appearance that we're in a better place than we are, All right? And that's someone. That's a question for each of us to answer individually. Ultimately, it just comes down to let's be let's be obedient to the Lord, which is a let's be a good steward of all the resources, all the assets that He's given us. And in that obedience, how is He leading us to to move and to operate in what He has given to us to manage? Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I agree fully with what you're saying, but I think I'm saying something different, and that is, is that you know, it's about proper planning. Mm-hmm. That's that's that that's what um, you know, 
we are completely incapable of making good decisions when we're under stress. It's just you can't make as good a decision when you're under stress as you can when you're not under stress. That's true. Right? Don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Right? For you obvious make, reasons, you yes. make bad decisions, right? You well, have a meal before you go to the grocery store. Just, just planning it out. It's good financial management and the resources that God has given you to make those decisions in advance. And if it's, I want to have 570-inch TVs, well, there's nothing wrong with that, but it has to be in proper perspective. It's like, you know, there's, um, there's lots of good guys out there that, that can help you with budgeting from the Christian side of things. It's like mm-hmm. 18% should only go to your housing, but a lot of people, you know, the bank will give you a loan up to 35% of your <laughs> income. You know, but you start doing all the math and doing it all in advance when you've got a clear head, when you can take your time and not feel rushed about it, you'll be surprised what you need to set aside and for each category you're spending. And it just makes life a whole lot easier for you. And then you're free not to have to keep making the same decision over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. You just, you've made it once, it's done, it's settled, and you put everything in motion and just move forward with it. So that's more what I was just saying. There's just a really nice principle here mm-hmm. to make there life is. wonderful for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the Lord says that he loves, we already read, uh, or we'll read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he loves a cheerful giver. He just wants us to be able to give freely, cheerfully. Mm-hmm. And I like that um, my, my pastor who went home to be with the Lord, he, he called it sweatless victories. <laughs> this could be a sweatless victory if you just take a little time and prep and versus sweating great blood, you know, drops of blood just to be able to sow when God tells you to. Well, you got to be not, not my will, Lord, but your will be done to let go of, you know, whatever amount of money. Save that for the things that it's needed for. So, Kylie, did you have something you wanted to say? Oh, I was just going to say we were talking about a little bit about it before the devotional started, but how this also correlates to the law of sowing and reaping. Mm-hmm. That Paul's teaching that element here as well to be a cheerful giver, not making it a mandate and a stipulation but to give when the Lord is telling you to give. And because you're blessed as a result, like when you bless someone else, you make room and opportunity provision for yourself Uh for the Lord to bless you. Mm -hmm. But if you hold it to yourself, it's like a stagnant cup with water. You can't put more water in it. Mm -hmm. The stagnant water just stays there. And And so you can't drink it. And stinks. (laughs) Yes. Then it becomes poison water. Uh But if you pour it out, you can add fresh water and clean water that Mm -hmm. you can continue to drink. So Mm -hmm. it's not, Hold it close to your heart. And I also, I, this is my personal belief. I don't think ever God said you have to give 10% of your tithes. It's whatever he put in your heart. Sometimes it's more and sometimes it's less because God understands. He just wants you to give whatever he said to give and he'll bless you in that manner. You don't, he's not going to bless you any more or any less if you don't, if you give more than 10% or less than 10%. It's all about your heart and your motive and why you're giving it. And mm-hmm. if you're being obedient in that action or not okay he does want us to be obedient um i think the the references in in the law of moses he does tell he does say 10 percent, and again it is about their heart whether they're going to be obedient or not god doesn't need our our money he's not sitting on a pile of our money in heaven you know <laughs> waiting for us or you know he's not he loves us it's for the work of the kingdom and the earth but also to help us stay in alignment with him. And one of those, we were talking about spiritual laws that you can't see per se, but you see the effects of them. The law of sowing and reaping is a spiritual law and he teaches us how to operate in them. And um, it is it is a good thing to tithe. 
It is a good thing. And it's not something that we should, um, you know, have a, have a scuffle or tussle over. Do what God tells you to do. If that's what's in your heart and that's what Lord, the Lord said to you, do it. Yes. If he said something different, do it. And all things. He's just like he's the God of the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the tithe. He's the Lord of giving. So, you know, we just let him have grace towards that. But in all things, he doesn't also in this, he's saying it's not bondage. Yes, he's not it, mandating. It's not bondage. to tell you what it, to give. It's not bondage. You. Right. So we're not trying to extract anything out of anybody. Paul is not trying to extract anything out of them, which is why he just, he tells them to give. So liberally, give generously. God loves a cheerful giver and prepare so that you can do it under those conditions and um and all things we are free in jesus christ so it's not a point of contention it's a point of liberty it's not a anything to tussle over or um find fault with one another the lord is able to make us stand we belong to him we're all his children um so as we are making those preparations understanding that and, and being aware of the laws that are in motion that are not natural laws they are spiritual laws gravity would be a natural law sowing and reaping is a spiritual law but it also has a natural implication you're never going to get a harvest of corn until you put some corn seed in the ground and then cover it and then water it and, and it. protect it and pull the weeds and all of those things uh, promise, did you have something you wanted to say, my love? Yes, okay. I did. All right. Okay, Lord, show me verse 10, where it says, And if Timothy, if Timothy comes, see that I may be with you without fear, for he does the work of the Lord, as I also do. So, the Lord showed me that not to... Not necessarily to fear no one, but to treat everybody the same and not go, well, you're not the same person, so I'm not going to treat you like this. Mm -hmm. But showing them how the Lord tells you to treat them. And if the Lord says, okay, you don't have to be wary of this person, mm -hmm. just be friendly with them. Amen. And not trying to put a barrier between you, you and the person going, well, I don't know you, so I can't talk to you i have to wait for someone else to tell you me who you are well as a as a minor i do say don't talk to strangers yes, I know. <laughs> okay <laughs> and you can be fully confident knowing that the lord loves you and he protects you and keeps you and in every way be that with his wisdom and instructing us be that with the ministering angels the guidance of the holy spirit yes god protects us um but yes he's saying the Lord is no respecter of persons. And, that, and as we read through the, the epistles written to Timothy, Paul, his spiritual father, has to encourage him to be bold regardless of his age, to be confident in who God called him to be and the task that God had assigned him with, whether anybody sees him in that light or not, and not to be concerned about his age, how old he is, or his, um, his lineage, his status, or any of those things. He was a young man. He was also a Greek um, on his mother's side, I believe. Is that right, honey? Timothy, yes. So those those things that people, natural people would go, well, that disqualifies you. I can't 
listen to you or any of any of that you don't look like or sound like or have the age that I think you should have so I can dismiss you but he's saying no this is young, a young man who is doing what God has called him to do and welcome him treat him like a brother in Christ and treat him appropriately uh-huh. let your love of God and your kindness and gentleness be known to all Layla do you have something no um I did kind of find it interesting and in how. Um, <laughs> so wait, yes. So yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So yes. Okay, go ahead. I found it kind of interesting um, it, how Paul was writing this section and how easygoing, for lack of better words to phrase it, how he's talking with them. It's not in a rough, mangling manner, but it's more of a... Um, having a conversation with children like how we would talk to you on a like a day we come in the door and we have something to talk about and it just kind of reminded me of how God would talks with us he's not rough with us and he is not here to um manhandle you he wants to have a conversation with you and he wants to teach you but Mom, as you always say, if you if you want to learn, you have to be teachable. There are mm-hmm. plenty of teachers out there, but are there enough listeners? Those that are, the, and I'm talking about teachers by the will of the Lord, as in speaking what he is commanding. Are there the people that are listening? Are they open to hearing his word? Are they ready to receive, or are they still um, closed up in a shell? And um, I was recently talking to the Lord about that, like, um, being open, if you will, being able to receive instruction, since that mm-hmm. was something that I had a bit of a tough time dealing with because I thought I always knew everything, but just being able to learn and submit. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of reminded me of how, he, when he was in his natural body, how he was able to submit to his parents and mm-hmm. to the authorities that God had set over him, and he wasn't trying to put himself above them or go don't you know i'm the lord of glory and how humble he was <laughs> in his approach and he was telling me uh was yesterday saturday yes yes so yes. then yesterday while i was doing my chores he was telling me about that like being able to stay quiet and mm-hmm. and listen and learn instead of trying to teach and tell Oh, amen to that. You know, even creation teaches us of God. I believe that's in Romans. It, it, God put his instruction, his character, his DNA in everything. So the humility of not taking the highest seat at the table, either in your mind or in literal presence at the table or in a conversation, he means be humble and in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. And even a fool is deemed wise when he holds his tongue. Mm-hmm. So allowing God to minister so that you can hear through whomever speaking. You remember Balaam and the donkey? Yes. Literally, the donkey had to go, hey, man. And that, that's my version of it. <laughs> Don't you know <laughs> you're going to die today? You know, there's an angel waiting at the end of this pathway to do you harm because you are being disobedient. I mean, you've, you've certainly crossed the line. But 
God wants us in a place that it doesn't matter who the vessel is. We hear his voice. If it's a bird chirping by chirp, chirp, we're like Jesus. And he's speaking to us. We're ready to hear from him. Uh And that is not only for our benefit. I mean, it's mostly for our benefit. (laughs) I mean, God certainly wants us to listen to him, but that's for our benefit. But it's also for the good of who he wants to minister to through you as well. He's got to be able to put the counsel in before he can get the counsel out. Right? Yes. Before you can speak a word to someone else, you have to be full of him yourself. You have to have received the message. You have to have received the counsel and the instruction instruction so you can turn and minister to others and comfort them with the same comfort with which you yourself were comforted with. So that's good. Listen to him and put it into practice. It doesn't make you any less valuable to yield. As a matter of fact, the Lord said, the one who loves the most is the one who serves the most. The greatest is the one who does the most serving, right? Yes. So the one who is able to control themselves and doesn't feel like um, like Jesus, he didn't feel his deity was something to grasp a hold of. And as you said, rub it in everybody's face. And well, I'm God. Don't you know I'm God? You know, pointing to a crown on his head. I'm, I'm Jesus. <laughs> don't you know? He didn't feel that necessary, but he was able to humble himself and take on the the positioning of a servant and come and do all that he did. Being God, like literally, you know, dad referenced it earlier before Abraham was Jesus said, I am. That's when he was speaking to the um, the Pharisees and uh, Sadducees and whatnot in, in his time of natural ministry in the earth. So if anything, it only makes you smarter. It only makes you better. It only makes you come up into more understanding and then God resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. So it's a win, 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 win situation to be humble and be teachable. I was at an event one time and um, I was in the, I was in the leadership of the group, but was not supposed to be at the head table for the event that it was. And I sat at one of the tables near the back only because that was available. And someone of the organizers of the event because, oh, you're supposed to be at the head table. I said, I don't think I'm supposed to be at the head table. No, I checked. <laughs> you're supposed to be at the head table. So I got to the head table, and it was a meal event. Okay. So I had to carry my meal up there as well, too. So I went in the buffet line, prepared my meal, sat at the head table. And as I'm starting to eat, um, she came back to me and said, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. You're not supposed to be at the head table. And I had to pick up my meal in front of all of my peers and leave the table. And that was not me putting it there. And I assure you, it was not fun. So whenever I, whenever we talk about the one, <laughs> don't exhaust yourself up to go to the head table. Mm-hmm. And that one just always rings a bell with me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, been there. <laughs> but yeah, even in the, it wasn't, you're putting yourself there, yes. Yeah, but the, the, the impact, the emotional impact. It was you know. still the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, tuck tail and, you know, oh, yeah. scour away from the table, yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? I didn't have anything else. You have anything? What about when Paul dis- is discussing his personal plans and what he wants, what he desires to do? By going right. to uh, spend the winter with them? Mm-hmm. Or I think 
I think what Paul is saying, he's saying that he doesn't want to have to quickly move. He wants to have time to get to know the people and to have to and actually have the time to minister to the needs. Not, okay, I'm just going to be here for a couple of days and I'm going to leave. Hmm. But he wants to be able there to help them sort out the problems that they're going through. And I say, like, father them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because of why? He's been writing about it this whole epistle, sir. All and you brought it up all the different issues, right? But yes. he also so he recognizes this isn't a, a quick day. right two and three day whatever it is out. trip right. It's going to take some time to help uproot some of this stuff from their lives and if you have it or to replace it with truth, right? Yes. But he also recognizes, hey, he's still at the time he's writing this in Ephesus. So, what does he attempt to do? Make plans that other people that he knows and can trust, <coughs> excuse me, make plans with other people that he knows and can trust that will give them the word and the teaching that they need to help them correct some of the, these things in their lives. He, he attempts to put that plan in place, right? Yes. So, just like, as you pointed out, just like a father, hey, I understand you're going to need these things. And I'm also going to come to you. But he's also, you can see, kind of moving. It, it, it does two things. He's trying to, to put a plan in place, move things around, if you will, maneuver them, that the plan can work and be efficient and effective. But then also it, it affords him opportunity, and I'm sure he was doing this at the forefront, of seeking the Lord to get the plan from the Lord so that he can put that plan in place. Right? Yes. And in that plan, he's reaching out to other people, and that has a built-in, um, another built-in component. And that component is to provi- provide these other individuals, whether it's Timothy, whether it's Apollo, right, the opportunity to listen to the Lord and be obedient for how they are being instructed. Now, where Apollo is... Very unwilling. I think that word is there for a reason. <laughs> like the, the Lord is very specific about the words that He uses. Right. Yes. Unwilling denotes that He probably should have gone. The fact that that one word is there is is very specific. That that's a, an indicator, if you will. So, right, we shouldn't be unwilling to be obedient to the Lord. And that what he said, uh, Jesus said multiple times, but especially he says, if anyone, the teaching I give isn't mine, but if anyone is willing, willing, okay, he'll know the teaching and where it comes from. So, again, I'm not saying pointing this out to condemn Apollos, but for our own understanding that we can examine ourselves, right? Are we in any way being unwilling to the opportunity or to how the Lord is directing us, right? The opportunity the Lord has provided or how we are being led by the Holy Spirit, right? And and that's all I'm bringing it up for, to examine ourselves Mm -hmm. that we can check. Mm -hmm. And if there is something that's separating us from the Lord and his plan and what he has purposed for us to do, that we can bring that back under and get in alignment with him, repent, bring it under alignment, submit to him, and his lordship, 
in our lives and move forward in the things that he has for us to do. Mm. You know, I, it, it always blesses me to remember that God knows that we are flesh, human beings, mm-hmm. flesh and blood. And as we are, we're talking about this, um, the Apollos in, in particular, I noticed as well that he didn't say that the Holy Spirit won't permit him, you know, because Paul has used that language in other books. Mm-hmm. However, there are times when sometimes we are just tired. You know, we, we're pulling hard. We're, we're like going after God with all that we have. And we're, we're literally putting our heart, soul, mind and strength into doing what God tells us. Mm-hmm. And we get fatigued. And sometimes we're not aware of it. And we're just like, I just want to sit down. I just want to. Right here is my spot, and I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> just going to rest for a little bit. I'm I'm going to wait because you know we just feel burnt out, and I want to encourage um, our listeners, but us as a, a whole, as a body of Christ, the the unwillingness that he may have been experiencing is not necessarily, Lord, I turn my back on you, and no. I'm I'm just not. No, um, nothing else you say to me am I going to do. It, it's not that. I think it's that he may have been tired because Apollos mm-hmm. was working just like Paul was. Absolutely. No, Paul had a, a, a unique grace that was given to him that he definitely acknowledged and he rested in. But, um, you know, sometimes we can become unwilling, unknowing to ourselves that we just have burnt ourselves out. We're at that point. And so I'm saying that to encourage us to rest as we walk with the Lord. You know, there are periods where he's like, get up, put your bag, you know, gird your, <laughs> your skirt around your waist, gird, gird your gown around mm-hmm. your, your loins and get, get to it. You're, you're going to run. You're going to work. You're going to get these things done. But then also knowing our Heavenly Father, he also goes, hey, come away and rest. Spend this time with me. And oftentimes we're like, no, no, God, I'm doing your work. Shh. I got this. I'm going to go because I've got energy. I got strength. And we neglect that opportunity to rest when um, it's needed. And when, when the Holy Spirit signals to us to come away with him, take that just as seriously as you take him saying, go minister to this one. Go, go prophesy over here. Go preach this message. Go um, sow this seed. When he tells us to rest, it is equally of weight and value and um, seriousness and a command, just like doing those other things that we, as people who want to serve God, see as being more valuable or more important. Remember, he is the same God that created the heavens and the earth. And what did he do on the seventh day? He rested. He rested and he made time to rest. Even when he spoke to the children of Israel, yes, it was about their heart, but he wanted to teach them his ways. He apportioned time for them to Rest. rest is called a Shabbat. He meant for them mm-hmm. to rest and take time and be restored and recovered. And yes, we can have, you know, communion with the Holy Spirit as we're going and we're in our moments and we're, we're, we're doing the work. And he wants that. He's the one who instituted that. But he is also the one who instituted time of coming away. And many times he spoke to his his children in the wilderness or at um, when they came into the promised land, telling them you have neglected the rest that I told you to take. 
You didn't let the land rest. You haven't let yourselves rest. And I think you brought this up last time. It was at Ezekiel where he said, instead, you piled more work on your backs. You mm-hmm. did. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Okay. <laughs> you did more work. Right. When I said rest, you did more. And he was like, there is a, a season to what he's telling us as his children. There are seasons. There's seasons where we put in the plow and we are going to be working. And it's going to be hard work physically to us. And it's going to require what's on the inside of us. And then when God, there's also a season of rest. And when he leads us into that, take that rest. It doesn't mean cast off restraint and eat and drink and get up to play. He's not saying that, but he's saying, now spend this time, sleep, relax, meditate on the word, get in your Bible and just let God saturate you and replenish you and let him restore your physical strength. Let him do whatever it is that he wants to do in that season. And Take it to heart, just like when he told you to prophesy, just like when he told you to minister, just like when he told you to sow mm-hmm. and the, and to reap and to harvest and all of those things, because it's a part of this is kingdom living. This is our God's way. And this is what he requires or put in place for us so we can go the distance. Like Elijah he said, drink this, eat this cake, drink this water because you need it. You're going to have to run. And you're not going to get any food until you get to the next place. It's going to be a journey for you. So listen and be just as attentive to those things. I was just going to say, it's um, you know, always encourage people. You kind of like ask yourself the question, what does the Holy Spirit want me to learn from this? Mm-hmm. Right. In Paul's letters, there is uh, for many people an understanding, and I agree with it, that these letters are typically in response to another part of a conversation that we haven't been privy to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like he's received information from the church mm-hmm. um, at Corinthians here at some level yes whatever it is whether mm-hmm. it's by letter whether somebody conveyed some information to him or not mm-hmm. and so we don't know the full conversation that mm-hmm. was going on here with mm-hmm. Apollos mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it could be Paul's just simply saying because without tone and inflection mm-hmm. and emphasis and Absolutely. all things that happens in rich conversation mm-hmm. he could have been saying hey guys I know y'all want to have Apollos come out there I did everything I could to try to convince him but it's just not the right time for him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so he exhorted him but he did it in a way because if you look at the uh, 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 back to the original language you know it's mm-hmm. uh, this was a difficult one to pronounce yukareho um, uh, talking about having opportunity mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. to have good and favorable opportunity Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. So Apollos is this just not favorable right now, but I'm going to come. Mm-hmm. Right. He could right. say, mm-hmm. but I'm going to come. He's, he's definitely going to come to you. Right. It's, it's all good. He's mm-hmm. definitely going to be coming to you. I did everything I could. It's just not the favorable time for him. Right. So we don't mm-hmm. know. Yes. Right. We bring our right. own thoughts into that. So just, mm-hmm. just ask the Holy Spirit, what, what, what is this? Because it could be either one for you. Mm-hmm. What does the Holy Spirit want me to take away from this right here? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. there's, and I love that you brought that up because it's, that's where I was being led to go next. Right. Is, <clears throat> Paul in this, in many of his letters, he talks about love, love for Christ and love for the brethren. So, whichever way you want to look at this, right? It's just saying he was unwilling in in the sense of disobedience, or it's unwilling in the sense of, and again, not a, not a convenient time for him, right? Which is what he says, right? He will come. He, Paul utilizes that love, and love covers a multitude of sins, and you see that love come out. You know, he says, "Hey, there's this thing." There's no doubt in my mind that he has checked with the Lord and he knows that whatever is going on, right, whether it's disobedience or whatever, that because of Apollo's relationship with the Lord and because of what the, the Holy Spirit's revealed, that he will 
bring it back into alignment and eventually will come right whether that's after he's rested or after he gets himself right with the lord right but he knows that that's going to happen right clearly which is why he says he'll come in a more convenient time he can say that with confidence like he knows this is the case and so again i'll, I'll bring him back to the scripture love covers a multitude of sins he's not covering for him but he's just speaking out of what's been revealed and giving the opportunity for this brother in Christ, if he's in disobedience, mm -hmm. to come back into alignment with the Lord and to move forward and do, actually do the thing that the Lord had for him to do, may have had for him to do in the first mm -hmm. place, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's giving that grace and that time. And that's something that we need to also consider, right, as, as we deal with our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, right? Um, it's not overlooking things, right? And you see that here, right? He didn't overlook, oh, no, he was, he's perfectly in line with the will of the Lord, right? He just says very plainly, he, he was unwilling. For whatever reason. For whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But he will come, mm -hmm. right? Like, you can say that with confidence because he knows Apollo. He knows the relationship he has with the Lord. And, his, and clearly the desire was to be obedient to the Lord. So, you know, we should, again, move as the Holy Spirit is leading and directing us however that is right but also let's let's give time for our brothers and sisters to to hear from the lord for themselves right the lord sends us when we fail or have refused to hear him all right if if we all just heard him clearly the lord would never have need to send another brother or sister to speak to us about something right that's yes. when we can we are unwilling to hear or choose to refuse to hear what he's speaking to us that then someone else has to has to come and share the message right and then yes. then it builds from there hopefully we just hear it the first time from the lord himself through his holy spirit and choose to be in agreement and alignment with him and move forward in that mm. amen yes amen all right well, let's pause there for today and with that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, just thank you for today, and just thank you for just providing us with everything we need and giving us an opportunity to rest and not pushing us so that we stumble. And Lord, I also just thank you for protecting us and giving us more energy. In the name of Jesus, amen. Just amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.